the Cult Worthy Podcast. Join me, Antonio Palacios, each week as I guide you through a never-ending sea of obscure cinema and cult-worthy gems that deserve a rediscovery. Find me on all listening platforms and at thecultworthy.com. The Cult Worthy Podcast. Join us. Attention. The Milf and Me Podcast contains strong language and open conversations about sexuality, a multitude of lifestyles, and occasional criticism of political fuckery. Keep politics out of your pants, folks. Your hosts, Antonio and Diana, are not certified relationship therapists. We are cynical assholes with microphones, pretty much like every other podcast. And so with that out of the way, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the MILF and Me podcast. Diana. Yes. Did you know that we live in the epicenter of the neo-swinger lifestyle? Um, I did not. However, I only knew from when we started talking about it seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Salt Lake City, Utah, the first thing that you think of is LDS. A lot of people still associate Mormons and the Latter-day Saint Church with polygamy, which hasn't practiced polygamy technically in over 100 years, but the jokes still are out there. So I find it really funny that we are one of the highest concentrations of people that are experiencing this neo-swinger lifestyle. I've actually been hearing about it for years, but it's getting more and more and more popular, if you will. Well, popular, and we start knowing and finding out people that we've known for years who are involved in it. And here's my thing about it is, you know, I've I've known that it was around and I've heard things and seen things, but now I can count on three hands the amount of people I know that are actually in the lifestyle. And my first question was, how did this get by me? Well, it's kind of like what's going on in the world right now. People feel more comfortable coming out that they're gay or trans. or right. So this type of thing, it's the same thing for these people in this group, if you will. They're, they want to be accepted. They want to be open about it. They want to talk about it more. And so that's probably how you are finding out more about it. And I'm finding out more about it because we hear people openly speaking about it. They didn't feel comfortable doing that before. And not that it's my jam, not that like I am upset that no one called me to go to their little party, <laughs> but the fact that like I wasn't even on a short list is a little offensive in my opinion. I'm like, hey, <laughs> it's like you invite me to Bob's birthday party, but not to Carol's swinging party. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can be on the other side of that fence, which is me and get invited or be invited to be the third person in the relationship. Um, and when it happens often, then it's kind of insulting a little bit. Like I'm, listen, it's not insulting hundred percent. It makes me feel good. Like, <laughs> oh, they think I'm sexy or, oh, they trust me because I'm open to, but um, the more and more and more it happens and you start feeling like an object. Oh, I totally get that because- Sex toy. Not to sound offensive in any way, but I am more flattered when a gay guy flirts with me than I am when a woman flirts with me because their standards are higher. They're I fucking love it. They're picky, and yes, they have high standards. I can, yep, I can see that. So here's one of the things that I found really interesting as we started digging into the 
quotation marks, the lifestyle, which is what they call it. Now, it's been around for a long time, but like you said, it's becoming more acceptable. My biggest question is why Utah? On paper, Utah is highly conservative, highly religious. So it gets me asking these questions, and I really have no basis for this other than I kind of follow the numbers, right? Mm -hmm. So the majority of the population is conservative. The majority of the population are religious or mostly religious. I feel there's different levels of how committed people are to the Latter-day Saints these days. Like, are they just going on Sunday and doing their other things the rest of the week? I think there's a lot of that. But this is where I start getting a little bit sticky with my my conspiracy theory. There is this age-old idea that you know polygamy was the right thing. And you can't ignore the fact that so many active members pretend it doesn't exist, but there's got to be some of those guys and ladies who in their mind think, that could have been cool. Maybe that's not a bad idea. Maybe that's not a bad idea. Yeah. So here's my question. They're trying to resurrect it. They're trying to resurrect it. <laughs> or is this neo-swinger lifestyle that's so popular in specifically Salt Lake City and the surrounding areas, is this polygamy cosplay? Is this people, are, are these people kind of reliving or reenacting these ideas that were taught in the church long ago since disavowed, but now this is their opportunity to be like, oh, I can have multiple partners because it's a consensual thing. I'm not forcing anyone to do this. Now, there still are those fundamental groups that do that. Mm -hmm. We do not support, endorse them anyway. Right. In fact, I kind of feel bad saying them because I don't like giving them any popularity. No, uh, yeah, no. But there is this real strong sense of community, this consensual community, right? Yeah. Where not only are these people excited to experiment with each other, there is an open line of consensual relationships between different partners. So you just kind of referred to the fact that you've been approached in this. How did that look? Well, I want to say that they were couples that were looking at me while I was married because it was right after I got divorced where I got the most propositions like, hey, you know, me and my girlfriend and it's people I knew had like an open relationship. The mm -hmm. two of them did. I don't think I would call them a swinger like because they weren't even married. They just were open. So they were able to have multiple partners. Right. Um, but they asked if I would be part of that. And and I just handle it like I gracefully and honestly and truth. Like, thank you so much. That makes me feel good. <laughs> like, I love you guys and you guys are amazing. And I, these are people I've been really close with. But then it's, it, I'm like, I just can't. I can't partake in it. I I'm sorry. Like, it's just not who I am. It's not me. I'm very monogamous. It didn't make me think any less of them at all. I mean, yeah, that's how I am, too. Like, yeah. I, I I think what makes America great. Oh, I'm not going to say it that way. I think what makes <laughs> <laughs> I think what makes America awesome is the fact that we have the opportunity to talk about things honestly and also course correct and, and one of the things I've, I used to make fun of is like the swingers of the 70s, older people bored with their marriage, having key parties, having fondue, like fondue meant you were a swinger back in the 70s, apparently. <laughs> but, but these days, it's a little bit different. There are, especially in Utah, the people that you would not expect to be in the lifestyle are conservative, wealthy, professional, I mean... The, the, the people who I've been exposed to, and when I say exposed, I don't mean like they, they were ratted out. 
they are open about it with people that they trust, but maybe not on social media, maybe not, you know, all over their Instagram page, unless they have like a special group, which some of them do. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about dentists that you see on billboards, real estate developers, people who do LASIK surgery. Like these are professional people that I feel have connected with each other. You know, they go play golf mm-hmm. and then they go fuck each other's wives. It's just another day for Mr. So-and-so and Mrs. So-and-so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. And it's for me, I just, I mean, it works for them, but I'm thinking, well, how is that sustainable? Like, what does that look like? Are you going to keep doing that in the next 20 years or 30 years? Like, why are you staying married to the person that you're with? Like, was the plan to be monogamous when you first went into this? Mm-hmm. But what does it look like when you're growing old? Are you living in a compound with a bunch of different couples? <laughs> When you're like in your 60s and 70s, are you, have you left each other because your wife accidentally fell in love with the husband that she was given permission to go fuck right. in front of you? And now she fell in love with him. And now what are you going to do? Like, I just it confuses me. That's why it would never in a million years work for my type of personality. But it seems to be really working for a lot of people. Well, and I think because there's a lot of facets to it, you know, we're not talking about just a simple polyamorous relationship. Let's say someone who's not married. Let's say people who are in the dating world right now and openly dating other people. These are people who are already in an established marriage and whether or not they chose this lifestyle because they were bored of their marriage or maybe insecure in their marriage. If anything, I would feel you'd have to be extra secure with your, let's say your physique and your love and your devotion to your partner to even consider getting involved in this lifestyle. And there's something about that that I think is the draw to it. It's kind of like, you know, smelling success. You are attracted to people who are successful and secure. So maybe not financial success. Let's talk about it in the sense of like success in achieving what you've achieved in a relationship that you're ready to take it to another level. You've already had your kids. You've already bought the house. You've already gone on vacation. What is the next level of adventure that doesn't require bungee jumping or jumping out of an airplane? How about pursuing a sexual and emotional relationship with another couple? Maybe a plethora of couples. Hmm. Interesting. I can see how that would make sense to some people. Um, I would probably just learn how to be more exotic myself or have my husband or my partner be like get new sex toys or watch some porn, spice things up a little or right. or do some cosplay, maybe some polygamy cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess people, people get bored. I guess that's what it comes down to. That's the only thing that I can make sense of it. I mean, if there's anyone out there that would love to like, I guess, write a comment or reach out to us, um, direct message, this is a subject that is very interesting. I'm very intrigued by it. And like I said earlier, I love that it works for some people. Yes. And I'm never going to judge or look down on anyone that has this lifestyle whatsoever. I just look at it in awe like, wow, what does that look like for them the next day after they had this swinger thing? Like I would look at my husband and be like, uh, so did you fall in love with her? Was it good? Did she fuck you better than I fuck you? Like I would just be so... Right. And I'm a very, very secure woman. I am very secure and confident with who I am. And I still would be really insecure about it. So we'll definitely have someone because we know people in the lifestyle on this show to talk about it. But I did pick 
a person's brain one time and I asked them about that. And I said, so what is it like? And they said, it's just like dating, man. There are ups and downs. There are wins and losses. You find a couple you like. Maybe you connect, but a couple weeks later you decide you don't. But maybe you do, and you found new partners for life. And they're very regulatory about who they let into the circle. There are different categories of, of swingers. There's different groups. There's different clubs. But the one that I'm most familiar here is they are very adamant about not letting singles in. They only want couples in. They don't want someone just to come in as a tourist and maybe work their way around the circle as like a sex play thing. Now, if that does happen, it's usually offline, not in one of these groups, not in one of these circles. But things do happen outside of the group. But to maintain the sanctity of the group, they do have these these caveats, these rules to follow. It's almost like a business situation. It's interesting. People break rules all the time, though. <laughs> yeah, they do. And that's, and that's what they said causes most of the drama. These are some statistics from a 2021 YouGov poll of 1,300 U.S. adults. About one-third, that's 32%, said that their ideal relationship is non-monogamous to some degree. That's up 20% from 10 years ago. So you're absolutely right. The idea of what a traditional relationship is has changed a lot. I think, like you said, mostly because of social media and there are multitudes of lifestyles out there that have been more outspoken and become more desirable for people to realize that it's no longer just this idea of a binary lifestyle, single, married, you have alternatives, you have options. Yeah, it's interesting. Some people need that. So there are some basics, though, of being in the lifestyle. And you and I did some research, and we saw a lot of different information, but they all kind of came from the same roots, let's say, of the ideas of what someone in the lifestyle are supposed to follow. So A, married and slash or heterosexual. There is something to be said about the people that we see in here, while they may find themselves involved in what would be considered homosexual or bisexual sex in the act, they are actually in a heterosexual marriage. Not to put labels on things, but traditionally that's what it is. Okay. So there may be lesbian, bi, gay swinger sets out there. Oh. But the majority kind of stick to their own. I see. Especially in this state. Again, that kind of goes with the idea of the whole kind of conservative thing. It's an interesting dynamic where there are people who look so down upon the multitude of lifestyles out there, but are willing to engage in sexual congress that kind of breaks those boundaries. But the way they look at it is like, well, we're consensual heterosexual adults having sex together. I see. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I you know, it's kind of funny you say the lesbian, gay, like that. I didn't even think of swingers in that aspect at all when I think of swingers and when I think of this little wife swap or polygamy <laughs> cosplay <laughs> I love this word polygamy cosplay I'm gonna use it forever um I don't think of it as a lesbian couple wanting right lesbian couples or gay couple wanting another gay couple I just don't my mind doesn't go there so that is really interesting I'm glad you pointed that out I yeah, didn't you're even... thinking just of humans having sex with each other yeah that's that's the way I kind of see it too but when you talk to people about it it's like oh yeah you guys and ladies stick to whatever you're most comfortable with as you're exploring these new sexual opportunities, so to speak. Yeah. 
Now, the other caveat that they usually say is most are in a committed relationship. So maybe they're not fully married, but they are in a committed relationship with somebody because it requires the consensual actions between those two people to get the green light to move on to further things. The other thing is they are open into engaging in sexual activity with other people, obviously. This isn't fucking bridge night or crochet night. You were there for a reason. <laughs> yes. And then aiming to have a shared experience with their partner, which leads to some terminology which I was kind of already familiar with thanks to Real Sex on HBO and, yeah. and shows like that. And those are the different categories of swapping. Mm-hmm. So first you've got your soft swap, which involves sexual activities up to and including oral sex. Now, I've also been told that this also includes having a group sex situation Mm -hmm. that doesn't require sharing partners quite yet. So you are having sexual acts with your partner right next to someone who's having sexual acts with their partner. You're sharing experience, but you're not quite to the point where you're actually swapping, which leads us to the full swap or the hard swap, which involves most sexual activities, including intercourse, vaginal, anal, depending on preferences. I guess, what is that? Like, is is there a checkered flag? You look each other and you're like, are we good? Like, I don't know. That's why I want to speak to someone in the lifestyle of what does that look like? Is there a conversation? Is there a safe word? Is there a password? What is that arrangement where all of a sudden all four people or more are in agreement that this is going to happen? So I have actually personally been involved in a soft swap situation. Hmm. It's usually there's usually a lot of alcohol involved. (laughs) Um, That was my experience anyway. And I was I'm not going to say names. I'm not going to say years. I'm not even going to tell you how long ago, how soon. I mean, just for the protection of the other people involved. It happened. But it was um, it was quite a long time ago. You have to read the energy. You just have to read the room, right? Like when you're out to dinner or in this case, we were out of town. We were somewhere different on vacation and uh, we were drinking and we just kind of went back to our room and they're like, hey, come in and have a drink with us, you know, and into their room. And you give this look to each other and you kind of understand what's happening. And one thing leads to another. And it was a soft swap. I mean, I can't even believe I'm talking about this openly, but honestly, this is a real thing. It's real. It happened to me and I didn't feel uncomfortable because I was with my person right? and everything was fine. Where it got uncomfortable was when the, the male on the other side, so the couple, the other couple, when the male started getting handsy mm. with me, that is when things um, got really awkward and weird. And then the next day it was even more weird. Because then the person I was with probably was feeling a little insecure Mm -hmm. and started asking me questions if I enjoyed it. And if, and it's like, cool, hold on. Like it, I don't have a thing. I don't have a crush on this person. It just happened to be that we were all in the same room doing the same things. I am yours committed to you. And honestly, Antonio, that is how I know that this lifestyle wouldn't work for me personally. I've actually experienced it myself and I'm a secure person. However, I just want my one person. I don't need more people involved. Right. And that's like a that's like a baby swap experience. The people that we're talking about are on the pro level. They've already gotten past yes. that insecurity and they yes. know it's for them. Yeah. And they charge in full force. That's great. I'm envious of that kind of 
uh, security and and confidence because I I'm just like you. I would have feelings like that. But also, I have to laugh because anyone who went to college and shared a dorm with someone probably was technically in a soft swap at some situation. Because Absolutely, the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even time. go to college, and I know that. <laughs> to kind of go along with your story, there are some ways that people like to start off getting into this lifestyle, like you said. So according to the study, it said some couples like to start with soft swaps to get their feet wet, so to speak, while others simply prefer to reserve intercourse for their romantic relationship. And they add that the level at which a couple is willing to swap could be related to their preference or health concerns like STI transmissions and pregnancy risk. That makes a lot of sense. It's almost like the bunny hill, right? Or the bunny slopes. Yeah. You're taking your time, you're getting comfortable, but before you really go into the act, you want to know, hey, are you safe to be with? Are we adults here? Are we going to have any kind of weird physical shit? or emotional shit, or are we here to simply to have a good time and connect with each other? It's really not all about the sex. I mean, it's a lot about the sex, but there are couples that f- develop emotional connections and relationships with other couples Yeah, for years. Yeah, most definitely. And they still participate in the parties. They still participate in the lifestyle, but when they go, they stick to their people. Yeah. I find that so fascinating fascinating it, it, it because it takes it to a higher level than just monkeys having sex in a room because really that's what it is if you look at it physiologically but there are emotions and connections at a higher level than just that but then what if that one couple or one of those couples wants to explore with another couple does that other couple feel cheated on do I they get jealous probably but i also feel like there's probably a level of communication and, and experience in that where group meeting everybody this is bob <laughs> yeah we already got a bob <laughs> you know yeah no the sti thing that's that's huge pregnancy risk of course whoops could you imagine <laughs> whose is it <laughs> it's, bob. it's bob's he it's lives bob's. Two, do- two doors down <laughs> everybody named bob right now is like i swear to god i'm not a swinger guy <laughs> <laughs> now this is the fun part a lot of this lifestyle happened and originated on cruise ships and resorts. And it's just kind of worked its way into the lexicon of the lifestyle in cities and in suburbs of, hey, when you were on a cruise ship, most of the time you're a couple and there are other couples on this cruise ship or a resort. And these little traits, these little trinkets start showing up that let people know we're here to party. We're in the lifestyle. Oh, okay. So these are some signs that someone that you know, or maybe you don't, could be a swinger. This could be generalized. This came off the internet from a reliable source, but you never know, right? Some of these on this list, I mean, we're going to go over them, but I've actually heard from swingers Yeah, themselves. from the horse's mouth, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So number one, the pineapple. If you don't know the pineapple by now, and I thought it was a, a specific way the pineapple was represented, but really it is just the pineapple. It's a representation that means different things with the Ooh. pineapple. So first of all, a pineapple on top of a mailbox could be the sign of a swinger party happening that night. Don't leave the pineapple on your mailbox all the time. Remember to take it down or you might have people knocking on your door, right? <laughs> just, <laughs> I just got oh some bad God. ideas. <laughs> Goes put some pineapples on people's mailboxes. Uh, I hate that bitch across the street and <laughs> put a pineapple on top of her mailbox. Uh, pineapple on the front porch is a sign of a swinger party. Now, this one is where I got confused. The upside down pineapple means that a swinger is looking for a partner. 
I thought it just had to be upside down the whole time, but yeah. actually that's the specific meaning of the upside down pineapple. Now, I think this one doesn't really have as much relevance now, thanks to MAGA, but a man or a woman wearing a red baseball cap. I, I tend to avoid all people wearing red baseball caps these days, but... Go Utes. <laughs> Go Utes. Oh, Utes. At least there's a U on it. Go Utes. <laughs> White landscaping rocks in someone's front yard. Oh, that's an interesting one because like most people That's just a new use one. gravel, you know, or earthy I, tones. I have a couple of people in my neighborhood, like around my neighborhood, there's stark white, white, white rocks. Start looking for pineapples. Hmm. Wearing a thumb ring or wearing a toe ring. Now this one isn't gender specific. Are you wearing toe rings? Nope. No, you're not. I have no toe rings. I've never worn a toe ring or a thumb ring, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then switching the wedding ring to the right hand. That seems kind of vague because I feel a lot of people do that anyway sometimes, whether they just, you know, are, are left-handed, they don't want to write with it, or maybe they're feeling it that day. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, this one is unfortunate for girls who got tattoos in the 90s, a yin-yang tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting. <laughs> I've dated many a girl with a lower back yin-yang tattoo. <laughs> So I wonder if that followed them the rest of their lives to think that people, they were swingers. Uh-oh. I like this one, garden gnomes. When's the last time you've seen a garden gnome in someone's yard? Well, I don't know that I've been paying attention, but goodness. You're going to now. I'm going to now. I don't have any, by the way. No garden gnomes. All right. Uh, pink flamingos in the front yard. Uh, that was such a Florida thing, but that has a different meaning now, apparently. <laughs> a metal star on the front door. Okay, so the metal star thing, I've seen Everywhere. I mean, I've it's seen like it everywhere too. It's like a crafty thing to me. Like every time I see it, I'm like, oh, the wife or the mom's crafty and she probably makes these for a living or something. I don't know. <laughs> I see them everywhere though. For sure. I see those everywhere. I think at the end of the day, we just need more research and we just need to talk to more people that are in the lifestyle. I mean, anonymous, anonymously, of course. But we need to have someone on the show that we can ask questions to. And respectfully, we are not here to tear it down. Of course, we're having a laugh because it's different for us. But this is a lifestyle that a lot of people are now a part of. And here's the thing. It's it's safe. Like they're not out there calling escorts. They're not out there putting their lives at risk by putting their number on Craigslist or putting their information out there on a dating app. We can have a different conversation about that because when you were going through profiles, you saw signs yeah. of polyamory and swinger fishing. That's a different episode. But uh, I'll go over that during my profiler a little bit. Ooh, that's one. a good idea. Perfect episode for it. So speaking of which. So you've seen people looking for partners and looking for playthings in the swinger community or is this just strictly polyamory or are you just not sure and we're just going to talk about it? Yeah. So some of the profiles I've come across, um, there'll be a photo of just the guy, like the first few photos. And then all of a sudden he's got his girlfriend or wife in the photos with him. And then you start really digging into the words, like this big long novel that they've written. And it says mm. right in the middle, you know, we're looking for someone to join us in our relationship or and it's doesn't, it's not, they're not looking for a couple. They're looking for a third person. They're looking for a play toy. I call it a sex toy. And so I've seen that before, obviously don't connect with those, but then there's the ones of the people. And I've looked at, a, I've looked at some women's profiles too. I've had access to that. Um, one of my, someone I know has let me look at their dating profile so I can see the girl's mm. side of this. Um, but so women and men do do this, but they 
feel like they have to write just us, like um, having to state that you are monogamous. It's a thing, you know, because that people will maybe message you after they connect with you and be like, hey, would you be interested in having an, this is another one, an ENM, like I'm ENM, which means ethical non-monogamy. Oh, yeah, they got code words. Exactly. Got- I had to Google this. <laughs> I had someone ask me that in a chat and I literally had to Google what it meant. I had no idea what it meant. Um, but yeah, they use, you know, certain people will use certain things like, I just want a relationship with just us. And it's like, why are we, ha- why do you have to say that? <laughs> got you, got you. Yeah. I'm sure, I mean, we, we saw, we did the research. They do have dating apps for couples looking for couples. Yeah. I guess the, the the next step that I want to look into is what are the actual standards for someone bringing a new person into their relationship? Because when we talked about the swingers, it's mostly couples with couples. Yeah. Trying to avoid singles, trying to avoid bringing third people in. That's more of like the polyamory aspect. But I don't see if that can't work as a couple loving a couple bringing that third person in, like you said, adjust us. And what does that conversation even look like? Well, I mean, just me, as I process it and do my research, I'm thinking that maybe the wife or the woman in the relationship, maybe she's uh, bisexual and, okay. um, or maybe he's bisexual and they want a third person to get that sexuality to be able to have that experience. And when you love someone, I mean, I get it. I understand you do whatever you want or whatever you can for them, you know, whatever will make them happy. So that would make the most sense to me. Um, But sometimes it doesn't, it's not even that deep. Sometimes they're just bored and they want to play a toy. Yeah, there's that too. And I think that's, people will always look for the easiest target to bring down or talk shit on. You know, so... Oh, someone's just, just say you're horny and you want to fuck. Like, yeah, there, there's a lot of that out there. Yep. But I do believe that a lot of these people are looking for something stable, especially the way the world is now. You know, I feel that relationships are so important. And maybe that's why polyamory and this thing is is on the rise, because we've lost our whole sense of a tribal community because we're living in these big cities and everyone feels separated, even though we're packed in together as you're building these relationships that aren't only just based on sex, they're built on love, they're built on trust, they're built on resources, which is maybe why people who are more professional and successful seem to have the tendency to be in these lifestyles more than people that are coming up in the world because they're looking for some kind of safety. You're looking for some kind of comfort, knowing that you've taken care of your family, you've taken care of this relationship, you've built a household, how better to strengthen your chances if the world goes sideways than already having someone who's done the same thing be in your circle, be in your, let's say, community of love and sex? Yeah, it takes a lot of communication to get it to be that, to where you're talking healthy, very healthy. And the ones that I know have this situation, like you're talking about, the communication is impeccable. They talk about every single thing. There's no hidden agendas. They're both on the same page. To me, that's the only way that it could work, I guess. Could work in the way that makes the most sense and is the most logical, I think, at the end of the day. So everybody's getting what they need, want, 
etc. And feels protected. Yes. I think the protection part's a big thing too because we've all been to crazy parties where we've let loose and maybe done some things that we shouldn't have or felt bad about. And what makes us feel, I think, the most rewarded after those experiences is knowing that we had someone there to protect us, to make sure that we were okay. Yes. To make sure that someone had an eye out on us. And again, yes, these are sticky situations. You want your people around. Yes. There's another side to the story, though, on this one. Um, and I did live through this with one of my close friends years ago is her husband was really on board with it. And I think we spoke about this in one of our other episodes, maybe touched on it a tiny bit. Uh, and she was done. She didn't want to do it anymore. And then it kind of maybe offended him a little bit or he didn't like the fact that she wouldn't just partake in it to make him happy. That's what he felt like he needed. And then she felt a little bit um, maybe taken advantage of, I guess. And their marriage actually fell apart. They got divorced because it was just something he had to have and he just wouldn't let it go. He just loved seeing men do things to her. He liked to see that and it turned him on, which is fine. Great. But when your partner that's involved in this is now saying, Hey, I'm, I'm not cool with this anymore. Like it was fun for a minute, but I've chosen something different now for myself. You run into problems. I mean, they they got divorced. I mean, the parenting relationship, it's not nasty or anything. There's always going to be the chance that that could happen. And that, that goes both ways. Consent once doesn't mean consent forever. Yeah. And I think some people think, oh, well, you, you, you liked it that one time. That means you're going to like it again. Maybe not. And that yeah. should be okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. I feel like with the Love Gurus, we picked on a lot of guys the first three episodes. We had a lady last episode, and we're bringing lady on again because I really enjoy seeing the guru aspect from the opposite sex. So let me play this guru for you. Tell me what you think. The do's and don'ts of texting someone you're newly dating. Do discuss texting preferences early on to set the tone for healthy communication and avoid anxiety and confusion later. Don't play games such as purposely waiting to text back. Do discover what type of texter they are so you don't get offended or hurt later. Don't jump to conclusions if they haven't texted you back in a while. Do ask yourself, is this level of communication working for me? Don't overthink who should text first. More tips in the caption. So that's a short and sweet one, but it's about a form of communication that I technically am not good at when it comes to communicating with a new partner, and that's texting. I come off cynical. I come off very straightforward, and you never know if I'm joking or not. The way you and I text each other, it's not the best way to start those kind of conversations with that energy with someone that you are attracted to. That's my opinion. What is your opinion? Well, I hope that she posted that as a joke because that is the most ridiculous thing (laughs) I have ever heard. I have never in my life had a sit down conversation with someone about their texting style. Like get a clue. First of all, that is absolutely 100% ludicrous. I'm so glad you said that. (laughs) Just fucking live. My God, just live. If you're going to know their texting lifestyle or the way they text, you're going to know their style in texting the first few times interacting with this person. 
it's not hard to read someone. And the reason why I play this one for you is because I already feel old, right? Sure. We're, we're 41. We're sure. already old. Yeah. But it makes me feel even older when <laughs> we used to have to speak to people. Yeah. Like you would have an initial conversation with someone at a bar, at a restaurant, at yeah. a mall, wherever you used to meet people. No, you know almost you know almost everything, at least for me, you know almost everything about this person one week texting them before you even go on a first date. And that's like the thing I had a challenge with because I was not in tune with the communication style of texting with anyone that wasn't already in my inner circle. I see. I.e., my wife at the time or friends from high school or like the first person that got a cell phone with you when you were a teenager and you've just texted each other for years in the exact same pattern. It's hard to recognize when you're having these first conversations with people through text, through reading. Yeah. You can't read emotion or you're reading emotion the wrong way or maybe you're reading everything very monotone and not seeing inflections or not understanding the use of emojis or punctuation or the texting lingo that was so huge like BRB or LOL. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I mean, the bottom line is you can tell the way a person is with their texting and their communication. For me, from experience, I had the job, the uh, company I worked for before what I'm doing now, I was busy all the time. I was just constantly busy. I hardly had time even to eat lunch sometimes. I just wouldn't, I would get in a groove. Um, and that included texting my people back. I was just too busy. However, my important people always got a message back from me. The ones that I had just met on a dating app or whatever, and I didn't really know them as well, I didn't message them back promptly. Mm. And I didn't message him back sometimes until after I got home and got my kids settled in. Well, that's die. Check yourself. Like you're not into this person. If I'm into you, you're going to hear from me very promptly. And so that made me realize something like if I'm saying I'm too busy or I had a busy day or my day was mm. crazy or this or this or that. Um, really, I just am not as into you as I need to be. I am so the opposite because I'm such a people pleaser and I've learned from that. I'm not oh, that way now. Hey, listen, I was that way too back in the day. Like in the past, I was always prompt with my messaging even if I didn't like the person. That's exactly what yeah. I would do because I would feel bad if someone texts me and maybe I didn't feel the vibe of the communication that we had yeah. or maybe I, I went back and I looked their profile pics again. I'm like, oh, maybe you're not for me. But instead of saying that when I was early on in online dating, I would continue conversations or just leave little hints of, yeah, I'm kind of interested. Yeah. We should talk later and never following through. But at least you and I are self-aware enough to recognize that at some point and not just keeping people hanging on forever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and then obviously the conversation has to come up if you think it's, hey, I just, it's good to meet you. I just don't think this is going to work or I'm not into this as much as you are or whatever that conversation looks like. But this whole have a conversation with person you started dating about their texting style is crazy. And women need to chill the fuck out. If you don't hear, <laughs> if you don't hear from your guy in a couple of hours, like don't build and paint this huge picture of what he might be doing because he's not messaging you back. That's just crazy. You know, I lived that life too. I was, I always had this idea that, oh, this is what he's doing. He's not messaging me back. When really he was 
slammed at work or something's going on with his kid or it could be anything. Just relax, like chill out. Doesn't need to be you don't need to be prompt with every single text. What is the MILF worthy of the week? Um, it's actually a pineapple vodka. <gasps> How fitting. <laughs> pineapple vodka. I went and found this because I was interested in the pineapple conversation and thought, hey, you know, I like vodka, I like a good cocktail. I wonder what this tastes like. So I did find a good one. It's from it's a Chirac Mm-hmm. Um, top shelf, if you will. <laughs> uh, I think I thought that Malibu. So that's a vodka. Malibu also makes a pineapple, but it didn't. They didn't have it. Mm-hmm. So and that's if you like rum. But really, it's easy. Mix it with Sprite, orange juice. Um, I found a coconut water, a sparkling <gasps> coconut water at Trader Joe's. Oh hell yeah! And that goes good with it. And we'll have um, pictures and this stuff on our website so you can see what it looks like if you're looking into getting some yeah and on our social media what happens if you turn the bottle upside down and leave it on your porch (laughs) well the good thing is there's actually i don't believe there's a pineapple on the bottle it just actually says pineapple in yellow so there's not an actual picture of the pineapple i wonder if like on a deeper level people that already know they're like oh she must be like top shelf top tier right i know (laughs) i'm like wondering if we should get in touch with these companies and say maybe you should shape your bottle like a pineapple oh my god how have people not jumped on that yet if this is a growing lifestyle yeah we are bound to start seeing yeah brands market to wouldn't that be cool the lid would be like the pine at the top of the pineapple like all glass it'd be awesome i think if, if, if no one else jumps on it, we'll start our own brand and jump on it. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Thank you for joining us once again on the MILF and Me podcast. Just let us know how we're doing. We're having a lot of fun here. We want to make sure that you have fun. So reach out to us on our social media, on our Twitter, on our Instagram, or at themilfandmepod.com. Subscribe, like, rate, review, all that good stuff. Tell your friends. And if you want to be a guest, if you've got some MILF-worthy advice for us, let us know. Email us. We want to talk to you. Yes. Diana, it was a pleasure. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.